want to leave a legacy for my great-great-grandchildren to look back and know that their great-great-great-grandmother fought and did everything she could to preserve, to conserve, to have available for them all the resources they need to stay in touch with who they are as Kanakamoli in this world. First People's Fund presents the Collective Spirit Podcast. The Collective Spirit moves each of us to stand up and make a difference, to pass on ancestral knowledge and simply extend a hand of generosity. The Collective Spirit Podcast features Native artists and culture bearers who discuss the power of Indigenous art and culture. Aloha mai kakou. Aloha. Uh, my name is Kanoi Lami Davis. I am a Kanaka Maori from the islands of Molokai in Hawaii. My artist and creative medium is traditional and cultural hana noeau. And hana noeau in Hawaiian is artwork that is also part of survival. It's a part of who we are in every day. So in this case, it's around regalia through ceremony, regalia through artistic measures, as well as weaving and jewelry. When I talk about survival art or survival tradition practice, it's this understanding of how to make do with little. And so as Kanaka, we didn't have right the modern tools that we have today. So the way I was trained and taught was how to do everything without like modern tools, without saws or without going to the store or without a sewing thread and needle. It was about how do you utilize nature and its resources. And it's very interesting that we call it art today, whereas as an indigenous culture, it was utilized as survival and as an everyday necessity. It all started with being the oldest child in my family and being raised by my grandparents. My grandparents came from practitioners who were very, very involved in traditional practices and their parents were involved in traditional practices and so on and so forth. So it got passed down to me. Um, at the age of two is when I started hula, the practice of hula, not the entertainment of hula, but the practice of hula and what that encompassed. And that was inclusive of, you know, learning how to weave. It was inclusive of understanding feather work. It was inclusive of making rope and kaula. Uh, it was inclusive of making the regalia and kappa and cloth out of natural fibers. So hula, as a practitioner, it encompassed a lot of what we consider art today. But it was the survival of that particular art form that was necessary. Um, at age two, also, I had to learn through family genealogy. It was not only hula, but it was also martial arts, the Hawaiian martial arts, as well as Chinese martial arts. And what that encompassed from healing to defense to weaponry, making weapons, Hawaiian weapons, making Chinese weapons. Um, making herbal medicine on both Chinese and Hawaiians, my Hawaiian side, um, learning how to manipulate and massage the body 
to get it to a healing point. So that was all encompassing when it came to martial arts. And it was not necessarily what we understand today is martial arts, which is just defense or offense. It really is about life and death and how the two uh, are very, very necessary to understand deeply so that you can be a master in that tradition. So that all actually started at the age of two. So the minute that we could move, uh, we were learning. The inspiration for my work in all reality is my children, my grandchildren, and being able to have the traditional mindsets and culture that I grew up with generations down the road. So I have a small business. It's called Pomahina Designs. And that's through the more modern part of me, which is graphic arts. And so by being able to take a design and put it on modern textiles to create clothing, I'm able to capture the audience in a way that's sometimes for some people, it's very fashion. I want to wear this. But for some, it holds a story. And it retains names that were lost in our tradition. So by being able to put artwork on everyday clothes is a way for me to capture an audience, to retain the information and the stories, to retain the names that are missing or got changed over time. I do a lot of work in the community and I'm also a hula teacher who teaches the practice of hula. I do the same thing that I was taught, teaching ceremony, the chants, the stories, the mindsets, teaching how to weave, uh, how to make rope, how to dye, use natural dyes, and how to make stamps to put prints naturally on, you know, on textile, the way our elders did it uh, before we were born. And then also showing them how you could do it modern in the modern way of using technology and graphic arts and a printer to print out materials. So being able to balance and bridge the past and the present is very, very important to me, but always starting out my students from the past and the harder ways so that there's more appreciation for it. And then as they've mastered that, being able to slide into this very modern, easier way of doing things, they'll always have a foundation. So yeah, that practice is inclusive of lay making, dyes, ahu, which is a traditional regalia, working with lauhana, which is pandanus weaving, working with plants to make cordage, making, and, and right now we're, I'm gearing up to make weaponry. So using shark's teeth and um, native woods that have fallen already, so they're not going to waste to make knives, those sorts of things. Being a brown native Hawaiian in this business and in this world can be a challenge. Being a female has been a challenge especially around traditional artwork, around martial arts or around old traditional practices because it was a very, towards the end, it was a very, when I say end, meaning the last couple hundred years, it's a very male-centric space. But as we go in through traditions and I start to talk more and more about it, it was a very neutral space. There was a lot of equity pre-contact and I tried to live in that space and mindset to um, move us forward. really first off let me just express i really appreciate first people's fun and uh auntie laurie they she's been such an inspiration i actually was introduced to first people's fun through the inter 
Cultural Leadership Institute, which is called Ely. And so by being part of Ely, I got to learn about First Peoples Fund. I got to meet everybody across the continent that were connected to First Peoples Fund. And it was the most amazing experience for me. Since then, I have been super privileged and super blessed to have received the uh, Jennifer Easton Community Spirit Award. And then from there, I worked alongside with them in any way I could. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to to help. I wanted to learn. I wanted to receive. I wanted to give. Uh, they inspired me in that way. And then recently, I just received the Cultural Capital Fellowship. So the name of the project that I had proposed to First Peoples Fund through the Cultural Capital Fellowship was a project called Ho'ala Nakanaka. And Ho'ala Nakanaka in Hawaii basically means two things. One, a pathway for Native Hawaiians to stay connected to their culture. And the second one is Ho'ala means a pathway, but it also means to awaken. Native Hawaiians to their culture and connection. And so I created workshops for a small group of people across the state of Hawaii on different islands, as well as Hawaiians on the continent. And they went through this workshop and they had a task and it was to bring about community, the sense of community. So we brought different designers in Hawaii that were Native Hawaiian. We took all of their material that they couldn't sell or use we gave them to the, the participants and they were to make clothes for the runway without using a sewing machine. So how innovative and resourceful they could get, whether it is making rope, whether it was trying to figure out how to how to bind pieces through whipping a style uh, that we use for weaponry. So they were able to do that. And then we were we put them on a runway and they were actually judged for their pieces. Uh, and that was a huge success. And we look forward to doing this again next year. I want to leave a legacy for my great-great-grandchildren to look back and know that their great-great-great-grandmother fought and did everything she could to preserve, to conserve, to have available for them all the resources they need to stay in touch with who they are as Kanaka Maoli in this world that their great-great-great-grandmother would have given everything and anything to make sure that they could always walk about this earth knowing exactly who they are and feeling free and liberated. Collective Spirit Podcast is produced by First Peoples Fund, whose mission is to honor and support Indigenous artists and culture bearers through grant-making initiatives, culturally rooted programming, and training and mentorship. Learn more at firstpeoplesfund.org.